0: Yay, <laughs> uh, I went back, to, I'm going to tell this on Brian before he gets around, but Brian is all tears when I come, Brian Clark who plays our bass is all tears and, and just, he says, I love these Sundays. We don't, we, I, let, let's plan on more. What do you say? Anybody? Yeah. Plan on some more? Here's what we need to do to accomplish that, okay? Say within the next year, find 10 people who don't know Jesus and just start talking to them. Yeah, let, let God do the, the work through the Holy Spirit of, of responding, right? But go find some people who don't know who made that decision, and, and just begin engaging them with the gospel. If we all did that by the end of the year, some of those are gonna respond. I, I, and I shouldn't put limits on it. Hey, hey, do five, do 10, you know, pursue. That's not my sermon today, by the way. That one's for free. Not that, not that this costs you anything, but anyway, <laughs> I, I do want to continue in the series we've been doing for the past couple of weeks. We prepared a membership uh, sheet, and and uh, the the necessity of that is just increasing. The importance of that, uh, and maybe it was reflected in our, our getting together with a group of people in my backyard Last Sunday, those, those who are interested in membership, we had near 40 people in our backyard, uh, included some of our elders, and we just had a good evening. We ate hot dogs that I cooked. Some of them I didn't burn enough for some folks, but we, we, we had a meal, and we had some fellowship, and we had opportunity just to talk about, you know, what that commitment means, and then to, to, to come to this Sunday and see a couple of ladies lay out that commitment to Christ. Oh, man, this, I'm on a high right now. I'm just really excited about that, aren't you? I think you I'm think i sure you're with me on that and, and the sense of celebration when you see a life who has that opportunity to, to transfer. Matter of fact, we talked about that last week. What, what actually took place here in, in baptism? In Galatians chapter 3, the way Paul describes it in chapter 3, that they are now clothed in Christ. That those, those Galatians he was talking about, man, if you've been baptized, you've been clothed in Christ. It's like putting that garment on. You're putting on Christ. And in Romans chapter 6, remember what he said there? Even more in depth. In Romans chapter 6, it was you were baptized into his death and his resurrection. That's why we celebrate. That's why we celebrate. Man, it's, it is that action of faith that takes place. And, and God has promised through our faith to, to give us that forgiveness and, and, and deliver to us that Holy Spirit, that gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, there is nothing more important to, to us to see that, uh, that new transformation take place and, and uh, see those ladies who acted in faith through baptism. Our, our focus has been on that sheet that I just member, uh, mentioned about membership. We've been doing just a few things uh, and, and pointed out. We still have some more sheets back there. If you haven't been with us past couple Sundays, uh, I've encouraged members to get this as well as, as those who are interested in membership. Uh, and if you're members and you go through this, if you have questions, we're asking you to, to, to let us know or, or have anything you want to discuss on there uh, because this is, we've never had this. When someone comes up and asks about membership, I usually have to, to verbally lay things out. Uh, but now we've got something that we could use to hand and to have begin some discussions with. And thank you to all those who came last week. Yeah, it was it was a good evening, and we appreciate everybody that was involved in that. Um, number two, the the, the second, uh, actually last week I talked about kind of that first thing: what connects us, or or how do we become members? We always feel like uh, or we could identify clearly that if, if you want to be a member of the church, well, that's necessary. That's necessary. That, a necessary part of that is is making that connection to Jesus Christ. It is being clothed in Jesus. It is being baptized into his death and his resurrection. And we could identify. That way we know that you are a serious follower of Jesus Christ. You're already active in faith and, and could be a part The second part of that, I read this last week, I'd like to read it for you again. Uh, This is the way it's put down. Who who are the members of the church? They are are pursuing sanctification through the following activities. I'll read those activities. But this idea of pursuing uh, sanctification, another way to put that is you are growing spiritually. That's another way uh, of putting it. When you're baptized into Christ, yes, man, I am ready, I'm ready, I'm prepared uh, to, to, for God to receive me, you know, life is over in, in that week, uh, I'm ready, I'm, I'm sanctified, I'm righteous through the blood of Jesus, right? But but for us who continue to live that life, we've, we've got that not yet completed sense of salvation within us. We're called, in Hebrews it says, we're called to holiness, anybody holy? And funny, in, in some ways of responding, when I ask if you're holy, and if you're in Christ, you should have raised your hand. You're holy in Jesus, right? But in a sense, I, I've got a lot of growing to do. I, if I ask you to raise your hand, do you have a lot of growing to do? I expect the same response. Everybody raise your hand. Jesus is amazing. He lived righteousness. He lived holiness. Amazing. And, and for me to say, I am just like Jesus, I'm not even close. <laughs> but that's my pursuit, that living and becoming holy. I, the day that we become absolutely holy and perfect in that salvation that it's bringing us to is when we're face-to-face with Jesus. That's, that's the completion. So we live and already sanctified, but not yet. It's, it's growing, it's, it's becoming. So in that verse, here's, here are the th- items that we're pursuing sanctification through. Fellowship with other believers, we've talked about that. Confession, that is confession that Jesus is Lord. And, and not just confessing, it is, is, is pursuing life that Jesus is Lord. Worship of God corporately like we do on Sunday, and, and also individually. You know, to, to ha- take that worship with you home and throughout the week. Uh, participation in the Lord's Supper, Communion. And, and that's, that's what I'm gonna be talking about today. I wanna to, to unfold that. Uh, every Sunday when we come together and have communion, there, there are just small things that we usually say, but I, I wanna, Scripture really says a lot about this communion, so I'll be turning, or we'll be turning to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 today and looking at some specific passages uh, and, and, and talk about uh, communion. Matter of fact, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Verses 23 through 28 are the verses I'm looking at. Now, before we read it, I'll let you know that the first few verses is going to deal specifically. Paul's reminding them, this is your communion. This is what you're partaking in. And then in verses uh, uh, 27 and 28, there is a warning and then some instruction of how to approach. So this is what we're reading. Listen to it carefully. Again... First of all, Paul is laying out, this is what we're doing when we come uh, for communion. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying... This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Then it comes to that warning. Verse 27, here's what it says. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord is in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Then, here's the instruction. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Here's who we are. When we're together on Sunday, we share communion. And we'll do that until Jesus comes. We, we share together this Lord's Supper until Jesus comes. I wanna, I wanna just lay out a couple of lessons for you this morning concerning communion. So we know and are very much aware all on the same page when it comes to what Jesus laid out for us in this communion. The, the first lesson is this, through communion, we remember, that's the key word, and, and no one's gonna be surprised by that, right? Through communion, we remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. Remember. How important is it to remember? How important is it to remember? I know in raising kids, uh, we've done a lot of that. We were youth home and other things. And, and even you, raising kids, you don't want kids who don't appreciate. Who, who don't appreciate you know, what's given to them or what you do for them. Uh, the ideal is to raise kids who have thankful hearts. Parents, are you with me on that? Anybody disagree? I want to know who you are right now. (laughs) No, everybody wants kids who appreciate and have thankful hearts. Uh, Why? Why? Uh, Well, it it is for their own good. Matter of fact, if we think about Memorial Day, thank you to Eric for, for identifying, and especially this Memorial Day weekend, there's a reason for Memorial Day. There's a reason it's important for our country to remember the sacrifices of those who've gone, uh, who, who've, who've died on behalf of our freedom. And, and so it is important for us to remember why. We need to have thankful hearts. There, there's something especially that uh, uh, John F. Kennedy said when it comes to gratitude, and I, I, I think it, it really is important. He said, as we express our gratitude we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not, the, uh, is not to utter the words, but to live by them. Did you hear that? Gratitude, it's not just to utter words and to speak it, but it's to live a grateful heart. That is to the benefit. Actually, that's a benefit to me. To, to live with a grateful heart, not a critical heart, not a, a uh, bitter heart, but for me to live in appreciation uh, for, for soldiers, that's one thing. Definitely to appreciate those soldiers who have served our country so well and those who have, who have sacrificed. That's Memorial Day. That's, that's what we desire. But understand in the faith. Think about in the Old Testament. How many places that, that God laid out items for them to remember and, and sometimes it wasn't even God. Like Jacob, if I think about one of the places where a memorial or actually a pillar was set up. Uh, Jacob, on, on the night when God came and, and re-emphasized the covenant that he established through Abraham and Isaac. Saying, I'm going to make you into a great nation. And even to the point, I'm going to give you all this land for all you see that in the morning after his vision of the angels up and down and and reestablishing that covenant that morning uh jacob set up a stone in order for them to never forget god's meeting with jacob and the promises that were laid out by god it's good to remember Uh, again israel when they were about to enter the promised land they crossed the jordan and crossing the jordan there was 12 men designated to pick up a stone, one, 12 stones, one on behalf of each tribe of that nation. And, and then they, they erected them or they stacked those stones on the edge of, of the uh, uh, Jordan River. Why? In order that when they saw it, they would remember what God, does, what God had done, had brought them across uh, the Jordan and so much more. If we think about what God had done in Egypt, he established a meal for Israel uh, to to annually uh, be a part of that Passover meal, which was actually the reason why Jesus even came to Jerusalem the time he was crucified. They were coming together for the Passover, and they had the Passover meal, which was pretty involved with everything. There was was different drinks, there was bitter herbs, there was was meat and and all kinds of things that they would do that helped them to remember God's deliverance from Egypt. So throughout the Old Testament, there were certain things established in order for them to, to see and appreciate what has been, what God has been doing. New covenant happens in Jesus' coming. And he establishes this meal. He establishes this idea of taking the bread and saying, take, eat, this is my body. And, and take this cup, this is my blood. See, it, it is for us to remember. How important is it for us to remember? Because it's not just so we could have an act on Sunday morning, but it's not just so we could remember It's so we could live in appreciation for what God has given us. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but the second lesson is this, because it's not just remembrance, which we see in, in, in Jesus establishing, but Paul adds this in, in verse 26. He says, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. What words added? Proclaim. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So through communion we proclaim the death of Jesus. That's Man, that's the message behind the meal. That's the message behind the bread and the cup. We have to understand that. So what is it? This is the message of our salvation. He, Jesus is the means of our salvation. Don't, don't, uh, don't miss that. He is the means of our salvation. It is through Jesus' death that God has created us us to be his people those who have received Christ we are identified as God's people let me ask you is that worth celebrating wow one more time one more time is that worth celebrating oh there you are I just you know maybe the first part was boring I don't know sleeping off a little bit but whatever but this is worth celebrating this is significant to us. Uh, let me open this up a little bit more by going into the context. Matter of fact, even why I believe that Paul had to say, this is about proclaiming the death of Jesus. This is about proclaiming the death of Jesus. Actually, what we would do is have to step back to verse 17. Why did Paul have to go through this with the Corinthians? Why is it that we have to talk about, this is something you practice every week. I mean, this, well, you, you know what we do. Why do we have to go through this? Here's the reason why. Listen carefully, I might stop here and, and, and go through this, but just for you to understand, listen to what Paul says. He says, in the following directives, I have no praise for you. Corinthians were kind of familiar with a lot of discipline problems, and, and this is no, no difference. He said, for your meanings do more harm than good. I want you to understand, Paul is looking at them getting together and it's not good that they get together. So what do we do? We, do we, let's just stop meeting together. No, that's not the option. That's not the option. It, you're doing more harm in getting together than, than staying apart. He says, in the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. That's what he's hearing. Now, there's division. It shouldn't be divisions. There shouldn't be divisions at all. And verse 19 says, No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. There's questions that I saw both ways. One is, 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 is Paul here being sarcastic? Or, or is he actually being genuine and saying, hey, there is a natural division when it comes to judgment. There are those who have their hearts for God, there are those who are separated. And so there's problems at the meal. And maybe there are those who are partaking that have no idea what they're doing. Here, here he lays out more of the details of what's happening. Specifically, that's, that's involved in this meal. Listen to what he says. Verse 20. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper you eat. That's the wrong focus. Okay, verse 21 says, for when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private uh, suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry, another gets drunk. Don't ha- don't you have homes to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. Then he goes on with the verses we read about establishing the the Lord's Supper. Listen. I don't think we have trouble with this at all. So we say, why even preach on this? Listen, nobody's going to get full. No one could be a glutton with our bread. And no one's going to get drunk on this juice. Are you with me? We're not going to have the trouble. Oh, why are we even dealing with this? We're not going to have trouble with that. Well, there's no way no one's going to be gluttonous about that. But there is an overall thought that takes place here. What, What is it? There's a division and it's the haves and have nots. You, do you see that in there? Some have, have food and an abundance of it, and they are they are being gluttons over while they're eating. And those outside of that meal, they've come together, but there's a separation. There there's some who are going hungry, some getting drunk, some getting full of food, and others not. It was a very clear division, and it might be between the rich and the and the poor is what the thought is. There shouldn't be divisions hey do that at home eat at home don't bring it here so so what what overall is it possible that oh we're not going to be gluttonous and getting drunk over what we're providing but where's your heart what what are the things that jesus and his sacrifice brought well it's that it's it's his sacrifice which promotes unity amongst all those who've been baptized into jesus christ Remember, in Ephesians, it very clearly says, hey, there's no longer any divisions. When we come together, we are a body, connected together intimately in Jesus. So when we're sharing a meal together, part of that is looking and thinking what Jesus has done, not only in me, but those around me. And and matter of fact, the thought is this. When Jesus died upon the cross, and I've received him, I've been baptized into his death uh, and and into his resurrection— That is now my new identity. I I represent that death in my my life. It is a death to sinfulness. And so, man, putting away sin is something so important. And yet this body, when they're getting together, their sinfulness is recognized in their self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. And so when they're joining together and they're partaking, none of that, in verse 20 again, he says, this isn't even representing the meal of which you're partaking. This isn't even representing Jesus. And part of this taking is a declaration, is a proclamation that Jesus has died. He is the means of your salvation. We need to remember, I don't believe that when you come and and you partake of communion together means you have to come and be perfect be perfect only in Jesus do we find perfection right throughout the week I know I I remember long ago a preacher told me you have to you have to examine yourself and boy if your sinfulness and things like that and I never felt worthy of partaking of communion do you you ever oh I'm worthy of this ever have that attitude I'm worthy of partaking of the body and blood of Christ I'd say never, but you, I tell you what, this is a reminder. Don't forget that. This is a reminder what he did for me. That, and, and it only helps me to pursue even more so that sanctification that we're to be pursuing. That growing in Christ, becoming more like him. It energizes me to tackle maybe that, that, that sin that raises its ugly head and I have to deal with. And, and come before him and ask forgiveness for it. Yeah, I think it ought to drive us and continue to help us to remember who we are, our identity, are you with me? Are, do you understand that? I am identified in Christ, I am clothed in him and this is the reminder of who I am and who the people are around me. You see, I don't have an inward heart, about me, 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 about self-centeredness, I really ought to have an outward heart. That resembles Jesus, right? That Jesus dying upon the cross, I have an outward heart. I'm thinking about the people. And I, I do believe that, that as we're preparing, we have things that come to mind about maybe someone in the congregation that I have difficulties with, maybe someone who's offended me, or someone that I've offended and I'm not taking care of. I think that's part of good preparation for this meal, I, I want to be in unity with the people around me. I want to be loving, even the difficult people, you know, like me, who, who messes up your name every once in a while, you know? It, it, but it's to live with the mercy and grace that Jesus has for us. That I think that comes up to that third lesson, that third point, he comes up in 27, 28. He says, therefore, here's what you do. Here's, part of that is a warning. Well, let me, let me, first of all, the third point is this, the significance of communion, and it is significant, because this is Jesus. This is representing Jesus. This is reminding me of Jesus. The significance of communion calls for us to approach it carefully, and I believe humbly when I say, I'm not worthy of this, that is absolutely true. I'm not worthy of Jesus dying for me, but he did it. And it has expressed God's wondrous love for us. He did it, and we have the opportunity to celebrate that and and remind us what Jesus has done and who we belong to and whose we are. All those reminders. We must be aware that that we can partake of this meal in an unworthy manner. We think, well, what is an unworthy manner? I'll tell you something that we've adjusted here uh, as a church uh after covid we we started taking communion at the end of the sermons and and here's what we noticed we take it before and there's commotion i I, it's 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 difficult some of you around kids and and we had the kids in here and things and and there was a lot of noise and even talking going on prior to but when we take it after the after after the sermon it's good it, it, it is peaceful, it's calm. So we we might be looking around while well, someone's talking and we think that might be an unworthy manner and that's not, I, I don't think that was Paul's point. It really was the condition of their hearts. It did not reflect that death of Jesus on our behalf, okay? And, and so how do we partake in an unworthy manner? Matter of fact, let me read for you again. 27 makes that very clear. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Guilty against the sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. If 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 we're taking flippantly, if if we're, you know, just continue we have in our mind we just continue in our sinfulness and and we're not living Christ's death, or we're not living the fact that we're clothed in Christ, yeah, I believe that's an unworthy manner. But the instruction is found in verse 28. It really is simple. It really is simple, and I encourage you to remember this. In verse 28, it says, For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat, oh, excuse me, Every, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. It's that time for examination. Think, what do you do? It's it's like I said, when I remember coming before communion, it's bowing your head man, I think about all my failures the week past. And and how, which which ultimately, now I just come to the place of, man, do I need Jesus. I'm so glad that I get to celebrate this. It is a part of me growing and becoming. I I believe this meal is a, a, a part of that. Growing into Christ, growing spiritually. It's a, it's a reminder we need together to share in that. Together we share communion until Jesus returns. You want to keep on doing that? You want to vote? We have a congregational meeting. Okay. Donna and I are going to participate in communion for the next... No, no. It's something we're just going to continue. Not because we all have a majority vote over that but because the scripture calls us to matter of fact i should say this when do we when do we partake because many of us might have gone to churches that do it once a month or once a quarter or different. well what does the scripture say specifically every sunday no it doesn't it doesn't say but it does say that the church every time they gathered together they partook of of, of communion whenever they gathered together they broke bread bread and, and so we feel it's important when we come together as a body, we want to make it the central part of our worship together. We're going to partake. We're going to remember Jesus. All right? And, and uh, matter of fact, well, I've gone to campouts where we've partaken communion. We brought bread. We brought juice. We've done the two together. And, and at home with my kids, raising my kids, it was some things that we did around the dinner table. We, we finished our meal. We got out a cup. We got some bread. And it was our opportunity to teach them about Jesus and why we do this in the service and why it's important. So we've done it in many different cases, many different settings. Maybe we have a good group over at my house. Hey, here's bread, here's a cup. Why don't we remember Jesus? (laughs) So scripturally, the, the fact that we do it every Sunday, we just do it because we're coming together to celebrate his life. And no better way to do that than how he commanded us to do it through breaking bread and and, uh, sharing that cup that represents his blood through uh, remember this through communion we remember Jesus we remember what he's done for us and and we also proclaim his death till he comes we proclaim him as the means of our salvation it's a reminder, it's good for us to remember uh, who we belong to and the significance of this communion calls for us to approach it humbly carefully are you ready to do that with me this morning Uh, hopefully you all had the opportunity to get a cup and if you have not run back there real quick and 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 uh, uh, get that but let's partake together this communion well before we do that before we do that i i did want to just say take a few moments bow your heads take that time and even even in that sense of examining pray to god to to even as david prayer you know search me know me and, know and try my heart you know, maybe that's the kind of prayer you need to pray take a few moments to do that and then I'll preface uh, through prayer as well Father in heaven we praise you and we thank you this morning we praise you for Jesus and we approach this time of communion together celebrating what Jesus has done upon the cross on our behalf Father we praise you for Those reminders, or this is a reminder to us that we so desperately need Jesus, and we are so thankful for him. And so we pray, Father, as we come, that Lord, after after examining and preparing, Lord, we celebrate this together. It's in Jesus' name.